Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Take Off with John Clark. And we are talking about the end of the Sixers season. Nick Nurse being hired. James Harden. You know, opting out could be a free agent. So let's bring in one of the best. He's from the best inside the NBA program. It's been on forever. He was the original host there with, uh, of course, Ernie. Let's bring in Kenny Smith, the Jet. And you've got a new book out, so we've got a lot to talk about. Yes, indeed. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. And I'll tell you, Kenny, the, the title of the book is Talk of Champions. It's a great idea to go through your history uh, I want to ask you first about the Sixers, and then we'll jump into that. The report is out today, in fact, that James Harden is torn between Houston and Philadelphia. I'm sure when the money starts to come in, maybe he'll figure it out. But what do you think the best case scenario is for the Sixers with James Harden? Well, I'm surprised, you know, that, you know, he's torn in, in terms of trying to win. You're playing with the MVP of the MB, of the league. Anytime you have an opportunity to play with the MVP of the league, I don't know how you could pass that up uh, to play with, you know, some young guys who are trying to prove themselves and new coach, new identity. That's a lot to ask, but, you know, I'm not, I would not be torn. <laughs> I'd be a sixer. And you are a two-time champion. You know all about Houston. Um do you think that this is kind of like a leverage play by James, like kind of flirting with going back to Houston and trying to get the most money he can from the Sixers? Well, I, I don't know if it's about the, you know, this guy's, you know, made a lot of money in his career. I don't know what it's about, honestly. Uh, but in terms of, you know, an opportunity to win an NBA championship, it's going to come faster, obviously, with Philadelphia if he stays there. You guys are, are the super close, you know, a, a couple of plays away from advancing. Um, you know, so that just surprised me when you said it that way, uh, unless he's not thinking that way, but in terms of trying to win an NBA championship in the next two or three years, it's in Philadelphia. If you're if you're trying to do that. And for the Sixers, if James does leave and goes back to Houston, it's not like they can spend that money somewhere else because of the, the NBA and the way they're set up with their rules. Um, Maybe they could do a sign and trade. You know, Fred Van Vliet's going to be out there. But do you think the best chance for the Sixers with Joel Embiid in this window of time is to have James Harden come back? Well, James Harden or someone like that that type of player, you know, uh, they they really gave a lot up to get him. Uh, also, you know, with the addition of, you know, Ben Simmons leaving, you know, which Philly fans didn't like. But he was a, at that time a, a real commodity, you know. So it, it, I think it's going to be a difficult decision for Philadelphia. Uh, he's going to be 34 years old. And I know he would probably love to have the max, you know, 200, 
210 million around there. Do you think if the Sixers can get something done for like three years, 150, do you think that's a good deal? Because I, I don't see them going all in with the max that he's looking for. Well, no, I think if you look at what the Sixers are, um, I think they're at, in a transition where you have to you have to get it now. You have to get it done now. Uh, you have Joel Embiid there, who is a uh, an MVP personnel, and guys who are MVP candidates are not trying. They're not playing for the future. They're playing for right now, and you have to bring every asset in to to assure the MVP that you're trying to get it right now. Uh, you're not. You don't need draft picks in 2026. You don't need draft picks in 2027. You need players in 2023-24 season. Players who are ready and prime to get it done. And how about the hire of Nick Nurse? Did you think that he was the best candidate for the Sixers job? Do you think he fits with the Sixers? I, you know, it's so interesting that, you know, Nick Nurse, Monty Williams, and that probably Doc and all. These guys are just moving, rotated from job to job. Nick Nurse has always been a good coach. You know, he's proven that he's a championship coach. Is he a better coach for Philadelphia than Doc Rivers? I, I don't know. But, you know, it, it's just a carousel that kind of one guy is just moving to the same, to the other spot. And, you know, and now, you know, Toronto's like, well, he wasn't good enough for him. But Philly's like, no, he's great for us. <laughs> and then in, in, in uh, Detroit, they go, no, this guy wasn't good at Phoenix. Oh, he's great for us. You know, so, you know, I, I just think overall, you know, he's a good coach for sure. Uh, is he going to be better than Doc Rivers? I, I don't know. Um, but he, he definitely is a high caliber, high caliber coach. And, and obviously there's a lot of pressure because Doc Rivers came in here. Brett Brown had taken the team to the second round. Doc, three straight years going to the second round. That's not good enough. How much pressure do you think is on Nick Nurse to come in here and get this Sixers team over the hump? Well, I don't know if it's pressure. I think the expectation is that's why he wants the job, probably. He's like, I could get here's a team that has an opportunity to get past the second round. Uh, because to me, Joel and B by himself, and if 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 I can get four of my friends that really know basketball, I think they could get him to the second round. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's that good. So getting him past the second round is what is is the most important thing. So I think the expectations is there for anyone who comes in and coaches an MVP candidate or the MVP of the league. Now you watched Nick Nurse's teams and with that defense that he had in Toronto, pressuring the ball, switches, the versatility, do you think that he's got the personnel to kind of have that same defense with no, no, no. Harden and Tyrese Maxey? No, that's a different personnel. You know, Siakam and, and Scotty Barnes, OG Nanobi, like those guys are – all interchangeable. I don't think that you have a lot of interchangeable parts on that team. If Tobias Harris was in Toronto, he could play that style. He's an interchangeable part. Uh, but when you know you have position players, like guys who are point guards, guys who are twos, guys who are small forwards, they they they, they kind of fit the bill. I don't think that they could play the same way uh, that the Toronto Raptors did when they won the championship with Kawhi Leonard. If you throw Kawhi Leonard in that mix with Siakam, it doesn't matter who's guarding whom. Um, and so I, I don't think that he's going to play the same styles or even would be good at it. Yeah, and of course, in the NBA Finals, we're seeing Nikola Jokic 
go to that next level, possibly an NBA champion. This is his eighth year playing in the NBA. Joel just finished up his seventh. And Nick Nurse was talking about, you know, getting Joel over that hump and that maybe Joel could be more of a facilitator in the paint or in the post and maybe get 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 to a different level of passing. Do you think that there is another level of Joel Embiid's game or where does he have to get to, do you think? I think I think there's definitely always there's always other levels to your game. I think the biggest thing now is is implementing a system that enhances the people other than Joel. Like I think a lot of emphasis has been put on him being better or being this or being the go-to whatever. But there's there hasn't been a lot of emphasis I think, you know, or talk it may be internally, but externally, there hasn't been a lot of emphasis on how do we get Tobias Harris better? How do we get, you know, Maxi better? Like, I, I haven't heard a lot of that, which when you look at Miami and you look at Denver, you go, yeah, they're good. And Joe and, and, and Jokic is great, but man, Aaron Gordon and Porter got better. You know, that's and Murray got better, healthier. Like, those are the reasons why they're in the finals, not because Joker got better. How about those big moments that we've seen Joel and James Harden in over the last couple of years? A game six last year and then game six having a lead at home and then a game seven on the road. Do you worry about the mix of players that they don't maybe have that Jimmy Butler anymore, the guy who wants that ball in those moments, the winning moments, and – they, they seem to have come up a little small in some of those biggest moments. Well, they came up small when they had Jimmy Butler. So they didn't they didn't win those moments either. Like, well, they so, didn't have a game seven with the ball, you know, seven yeah, times off saying, the rim. We don't remember how you lost. We remember that you lost. Yeah. You know, and so I just think that they've had, they have moments, but I think it's about team improvement, not individual improvement. Uh, I think that's why Nick Nurse is brought in because maybe they felt that Doc Rivers' team improvement hadn't hadn't reached its height, but Maxie got much better individually, uh, you know, over the couple of years. But did 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 it mesh in the team concept? Not always. Uh, and Tobias Harris at times, I thought, who was a really good player, you know, he could be underutilized at times. You know, how do you utilize him more with his skill set? So it's going to be interesting for Nick. Like this is not a Oh wow, we have Nick Nurse now. We're a championship contending team because Doc Rivers, he he knows basketball. Yeah, you're right. Are there any guys on the Sixers that you would say, man, I think this player is really going to do well under Nick Nurse, or maybe this is the guy who you could say this is a Nick Nurse player, maybe like a DeAnthony Melton or any of those guys. I I really believe that the personnel is going to change based on the coaching. Because as a coach, if you're bringing in a, cer a certain type of coach, you also have to bring in some personnel that matches what you've seen him have success at. So I think that the person that's going to succeed the most under Nick Nurse is not there yet. So Daryl Morey and some of the Sixers people, they say they believe Tyrese Maxey can be an all-star. Do you see Tyrese as getting to that level to be an all-star in the NBA? Yeah, he has all-star level, uh, but again, all-star level doesn't mean my team gets past the second round. So that's individual success. Again, 
Like there are certain guys that could be available that could help your team move into a, a, a stratosphere that we see Miami and Denver, Boston, and even the Lakers did. You know, I think the Lakers adding Huchimara uh, uh, and adding, you know, all of the players that they did over that trade is the reason why they went to the Western Conference Finals. It wasn't LeBron and AD. It was those, it was three, four, five, six. My rule is one and two can get you there, but three, four, five, six is what, what you win championships with. Yeah, and, and you have won championships. Your memoir, Talk of Champions, is a really cool read because you're going through your life and all the people who developed you and had an influence on you becoming a champion. Uh, how special was it to kind of go through all these memories? And and did you even have a couple where you're like, wow, yeah, I learned something from this guy at a young age, and that helped me? Well, yeah, for sure it was great um, for me. You know, um, I got a great compliment for someone who said they got it for their dad for Father's Day because they had read it. And the reason like, – I, I read a lot of self-help books, and I, I just realized that it's always like from one person's perspective – where I was around 15 people who affected sports culture, pop culture, and politics culture a lot. I was around them. So each chapter is named after them. And so there's a Michael Jordan chapter, a Bill Russell. There's a Dean Smith, you know, Magic Johnson. So you get to hear their, how they self-help. So 15 different self-help chapters. And someone said to me, I read, I gave it to my dad. I'm giving it to him because I felt better about myself. Now I understand why that worked for me. And that's what I wanted. I just wanted people, if I, I wish I knew this information at 20. I was like, man, if I was at 20, man, it'd be like, you know, Adam Silver wouldn't be there. It'd be Kenny Smith sitting at the top of that league right now, like <laughs> running the NBA. Yeah. And what do you think it takes to become a champion? Well, you know, there's 370 pages of it <laughs> in my book. <laughs> but uh, I think, you know, things that stand out, you know, championship people do things daily, what everyone else does occasionally. They don't do extraordinary things. They just do ordinary things extra. Like, they just do it extra instead of doing it twice, they do it three times. That are doing it three times, they do it five times. And so they can do the ordinary thing extra. So a lot of people try to hit home runs, so to speak. But the extraordinary person is really hitting a lot of base hits and just a lot of base hits. They're getting a lot of twos. They're not shooting half-court shots. You know, they're getting really good things on a, on a daily. So for me, understanding that is what makes champions and and it's a and it's a really a, a common thread through all the people that I have in the book. You know, when you say talk of champions and you see um what the Miami Heat are able to do, I know they don't like to say the undrafted players anymore, their teammates and everything, but Pat Riley, um, what he has built in Miami, how impressed are you with that? The discipline to not let any one player come in and change the mantra of the heat and how strict they are with everything. Well, I don't even know if it's strict. It's just a mindset because there's so many talented players in the NBA 
that if you succumb to the talent and not to the rule, you would succumb every day. There's so many talented guys. So there has to be a set of rules and boundaries that your team operates from. And then they're going to flourish in that. So I don't think that that's unusual. Um, I think that's that should be the standard. But it's very tough when you get enamored by the talent of what that person is or these players can be. And sometimes you lose sight of that. And Miami doesn't. Yeah. And, and you knowing what it takes to be a champion, when you see Joel Embiid go through the process and then you see what happened to him losing in Toronto and you saw the tears just flow out of him crying after that game. Um, is he through these failures, not just him, but the team failures, is he building up that strength and understanding like he has to do more and the team has to do more to get to that next level to become a champion? Well, I, I would take a page out of Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like there are no failures in trying to be successful because there's, there, there are disappointments. And he, yeah, he, he could be disappointed in what he's trying to do. And we saw that. Uh, but I'm sure he's learning every step because there are complete steps to becoming that champion. Yeah, there you have to experience certain things to understand what you need to work on, to what your team needs to do, uh, you, you what leadership qualities you need to have when things are going wrong or they're going right. Because a lot of times you need leadership qualities when things are going right. And and if, and, in, and until you experience that, how can you become a champion? You have to experience all of these things. And I think he's experiencing them and he's still super, super young. He's right in the middle of his career. So, he, you know, he's at the pinnacle, MVP. He, he's right there. All he has to do is he's just one step away or one push away over the ledge. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting because James Harden, I think, some people in Philly worry, is he that guy to pair with Joel Embiid? Because James hasn't been able to get over the hump in his career and be a champion. And, you know, there's always questions like, okay, is he truly dedicated with his body and everything else to being a champion? Do you see James as being that guy that can help Joel or pair with Joel to get over the hump? Well, let's, let's be honest. If you hadn't played with LeBron James – or your name wasn't LeBron James, you probably don't have a championship in the last 10 decades. This guy has dominated the sport for the, you know, 10 years prior. He went to nine straight finals. So if your name didn't have, if you didn't play with LeBron James or Steph Curry, you didn't, you didn't win. So there's a lot of guys like that. It's not just James that's not paired. Like there's a lot of guys. Take away LeBron. The fact that you played with LeBron or Steph Curry, and now tell me if you, are you a real champion? Like, it's it's hard to it's hard to put it in. It's not it's not many. It's not many in this last ten years, this last decade. Yeah, and look, I think all these guys that come through Philly are guys that lose their job. It's that Sixers haven't won a championship in forty years that kind of hangs over the city, and everybody expects it to eventually happen here. Well, then also, you know, like I said, this is why it's so important because we see there is some chink in the armor of both Steph and LeBron in terms of their age, that they can't, they can get it done, but they might not get it done the same way they used to. 
and where we we had no chance. It's like now we got a little bit of a chance, and so that's why I think everyone's excited in these next ten, you know, five years coming up because they aren't the favorites. They aren't. We aren't walking into the beginning of the season going LeBron against Steph. That's what's going to be like, and, and I think that's where we're seeing now this urgency to be great. Yeah, and before I let you go, it's a great read, Talk of Champions, your memoir. Um, do you have a favorite memory of Philly or an experience that you had in Philly or with Philly that you could let us in on? Well, I, I think, you know, be, because I played most of my career in the West, we only would come once a year. However, <laughs> Philly fans are the most unique uh, in this regard, like Nick fans are very passionate. Lakers fans are very, you know, they're, they're uh, passionate outside the arena more than even inside the arena. Uh, but Philly fans are very, um, you're, you're, you're annoying brother. <laughs> so like, you know, yeah, like you can have an annoying brother, which mine isn't, but I watch on television. Mine is not this fortunately, but like, you had 30 points and you walk into the into the house. I had 30 today. He goes, Yeah, should have had 35. Like, like, and so they always want a little more from that. Oh, we just won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, can you win it next year? Like it's that feel in the arena that I always felt that they always wanted more. And I felt bad for guys who played at Philly because I'm like, you know what you do is never gonna be enough. <laughs> hey, the city is helping to push them for greatness. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> push them for greatness or push them out of greatness and push them into the fires. <laughs> it's true. I mean, guys, some guys want out. Ben Simmons wanted out. Some guys just can't take it. I'll say, I'll say this, that you Philly fans enjoy holding the trophy without question, but you also enjoy watching people burn in the fire <laughs> like you'd sit and watch that just as much as you would watch them hold the trophy and that's what makes it different that's what makes you know philly fans a little bit different so it's the city of annoying brotherly love annoying brotherly love there you go <laughs> well kenny smith congrats on the memoir it's a great read talk of champions i suggest people go get it and we appreciate your insight. It's always uh, great catching up with you. Thanks for your time. Thanks a lot. Appreciate you, brother. Oh, I'm so flagrant.